This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another Picard Star Trek TV talk. Star Trek Picard TV talk? One or the other. Uh, oh, hey, the results are in. And Jean-Luc, you are the father. That's right. Fresh off of his stint working as a footman at Downton Abbey, Jack Crusher is here, crushing it across the galaxy, teaming up as the ultimate mama's boy, and, you know, doing the medical uh, supply run type stuff. Actually, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Blackbeard, uh, the pirate. He held an entire city captive so he could steal the uh, medical supplies from that town kind of a reverse situation that we find Jack Crusher in, in this whole uh, scenario that he is, well, that he's found himself in. We're introduced to this villain lady. I forgot her name, but at first I thought she was somebody mostly. And I don't know if this is ageist or not, but because of her age, because a lot of the kind of older characters kind of communicate that they were connected to the series back in the day, the, the TNG. But given the fact that Jean-Luc and Will and everybody else seemed to kind of like just, you know, nobody really reacted when she showed up. Nobody was like, oh, it's, it's you. And yet at the same time, she seems to have a lot of knowledge about Starfleet. She is very knowledgeable about even the ship and the captain and what his psychological profile is and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm wondering if in fact we're going to find out that if she isn't somebody, maybe she's connected to somebody who's deep in the know. She's crazy. You know, she, she's very crazy. When we were introduced to her henchmen last episode, I noticed the masks they wore looked very bird-like, and it does seem like they're going with this kind of bird motif for everything about her, her henchmen, alien people, and even her, you know, uh, ship that she named after a bird, and while she was telling a really creepy story. Anyway, so they're off in space. That's all going on. Uh, Seven loses her post, regains it by the end of the episode. Theoretically, we see kind of this major gear shift with the captain of the Titan when he learns that, in fact, Jack is John Luke's son. For some reason, all of a sudden, everything that he's like, like holding on to, he just kind of lets go of. It's like, ah, well, you know, if it's a kid, okay. <laughs> Apparently, apparently he's like Star Trek or uh, Star Starfleet by the book until nepotism comes into play. And he's like, ah, yeah, it's your kid. Ah, we'll, yeah, we're going to make it as captain for your kid. You know, like, that seemed a little out of character, but who knows? We've only spent two episodes with this character. So can we even say that? Probably not. Back over to Rathi. Turns out I was right. You know, I feel like I get wrong so many times in terms of my speculation more often than not. So I, you got you to gotta celebrate the wins. I was totally right. Not just about Rathi being connected to Sector. They just said it. 31? Sector 31, right? So not only about that being the connection, but about our handler being Worf. So how about that? I was right on two accounts. Uh, Rathi's story is great. We get a chance to kind of dive a little bit back into her interpersonal life. We meet her former partner, possibly husband. Yeah, I think he said that they were, she was his ex-wife. Obviously, they were both kind of ran with a rough crowd back in the day, but they both got clean. The husband leaned into his art and helped raise their kid. She took a little bit longer to go uh, off in the woods, if I recall, <laughs> when we first met her in season one. Now she's actually forced into a lot of these ultimatums throughout this episode. For one thing, her ex is telling her like, okay, Hey, look, you want, you know, you want to do this? I'll make it. You got to make a choice. I will either reconnect you with their son so that you can work on that relationship or I'll connect you with this arms dealer so that you can, you know, uh, 
theoretically save the day. Of course, in his mindset, it's not about saving the day. It's more about, you know, the crazy conspiracy theories and all the kind of stuff that twists her mind and is going to ultimately put her down the path of using again. But for Rathi, while this is a hard choice, it's also not that difficult of a choice. Like from what we've seen with her and her son, there's just not a whole lot of chance that even a good word from his dad is really going to, you know, repair that relationship. So there's that. The other thing too is she's pretty deep in it. She knows that there is imminent threats that are going on around the galaxy, specifically because of whatever this weapon was or is. And the fact that the person that they say is responsible is not the person responsible. Okay, so even as I'm saying it, it makes it sound like a conspiracy theory. But she's on top of it. This is the, it, She made the right choice. Greater good and whatnot. I do hope at some point we will see Rathi have a little bit of like a happy ending. I feel like every single chance like that she's gotten in this series to get some form of happiness, it always gets kind of ripped out from underneath her. So maybe by the time that this series comes to a close, we'll, we'll have Rathi reunited with her son and everything will be great. I don't know. Probably not. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll just have to see. Turns out that her ex was right. Not only did this kind of lead down the conspiracy path and kind of put her in danger, it also put her in the situation where, in fact, she is forced to use again to try to prove that she's not Starfleet. I'm curious as to what the ramifications for that's going to be. Like, are we going to actually see her relapse like hard in this series or is she going to be able to kind of continue to walk the straight and narrow path? I'm, I'm leaning towards the latter, especially now that Worf is in the picture. And uh, man, how how cool was that? Worf showing up. I know there was like, you know, when the, the previews came out and, you know, Worf was in the trailer. Trailer's like, I'm a pacifist now. It's like, yeah, he, he ain't, he's not, he's not. <laughs> I think he's deep undercover. That seems to be the situation with Worf. It's interesting that Worf would end up in the whole Sector 31 situation. Like, I don't recall him ever being involved in that storyline for the episodes of DS9 that I saw. But again, I only saw a very few, well, not a few, but I only saw a very select storyline in the whole DS9 plotline. And I don't recall there being any kind of bleed over between those two stories. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what's happened in the last couple of years is Worf has been out here, you know, doing the old Klingon thing, the old Klingon Starfleet thing, the old Worf thing. Beverly wakes up, but she doesn't say a word. I thought it was an interesting choice to have her kind of silent this episode. But at the same time, I do think that that speaks to the amount of or just the connection and the trust and the way in which these two can non-verbally communicate with each other, right? Between Crusher and Picard. Like they, they know each other deeply and some to some extent, the lack of words was actually more powerful than had they had a conversation. But yeah, no, I'm really feeling where this series is going. You know, as I mentioned at the the first one, this is uh, as, as a filthy cat casual when it comes to Star Trek, I was intrigued and excited to see where they're taking the story. I think they're doing a really great thing with having these two stories running in parallel, one which certainly has stakes, but is very much more of an emotionally driven, character driven story. And then kind of off on the side, Rathi's kind of tracing down this larger, you know, potentially world ending story that you just know these two things are going to collide. I think it's structured really well and I'm, I can't wait to see where it goes. But that's just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts. Head over to twitter.com slash TVTalk FM. Uh, you can use the, the hashtag uh, Picard TV Talk or Star Trek TV Talk. Right? Just, just, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. It's, it's, a, it's a free galaxy. All right, but that is going to do it for me for today. But don't worry, I'll be back in a flash. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.